0: Welcome to Invested in Climate. Protecting the planet and decarbonizing the global economy is the challenge of our time. We all have a role to play, and the opportunity we face is unprecedented. Invested in Climate aims to help people do more to address climate change through their work, investment, lifestyle, and activism. I'm your host, Jason Rissman. I support a growing community of top climate and ESG leaders as the Chief Experience Officer at Wealth and I'm an advisor to the climate practice at IDEO. I'm also an investor and startup advisor, and when it comes to climate action, I know I'll be a lifelong learner, always looking to have more impact. If you like what you hear, give us a good rating on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you found us. Sign up for updates and suggest ideas for future episodes at investedinclimate.com. Follow us on social, subscribe, and spread the word. Thanks for joining.
1: The vision is really that carbon becomes part of the financial fabric of the economy. My vision is that as we move to an economy where carbon is really an important market signal, and it's no longer cheap and opaque and hidden from consumer, but it shows up everywhere. It's part of your buying decision, no matter what you purchase.
0: Hey folks, today's episode focuses on sustainable consumption. I know what you're probably thinking that the climate crisis requires systemic change and that shifting consumer behavior is slow, it's difficult, and it simply won't add up to enough in terms of the emissions reductions we need. And I agree, sustainable shopping isn't enough, but it's still essential. Demand for climate positive products help accelerate new markets. And when consumers see that their choices matter, it influences what they work on, invest in, and vote for. Over the years there have been many attempts to get consumers to go green. But today's guests have novel approaches that are gaining real traction. Jean-Louis Warnholtz is the co-founder and CEO of Future, a recommendation and rewards engine driving sustainable purchasing. And Amadine Durr is the head of product at Back Market an online marketplace serving the fast-growing interest in refurbished technology. We talk about both of their companies, how they got started, how they're saving consumers money while protecting the environment, where they're headed, how AI is helping, how refurbished goods have become a new category, the potential for everyday people to transform our economy, and much more. Lots to learn and think about in this one. Enjoy. Jean-Louis Amandine, welcome to Invest in Climate. So glad to have you both here today.
2: Thanks for having us.
0: Thanks so much for having us. Great. Where are you both dialing in from today?
2: I'm based in Paris. So right now I'm in France and it's a gloomy end of afternoon here.
0: And a beautiful day in San Francisco. Well, welcome to the show. Glad to be covering two continents and have both of your perspectives from where you're dialing in. There's so much to talk about, and really, we're here to talk about the impacts of lifestyle choices and consumer decisions on climate change and the potential for aligning consumer spending to climate goals. Before we dive into the nitty-gritty, let's learn first a bit about both of you and what brings you here today. Jean-Louis, let's start with you. Tell us about your company, your role, and the problem you're aiming to solve. Yes, I'm Jean-Louis. I'm the CEO and
1: co-founder of Future. And in a nutshell, future paves you every time you take actions and make purchases that lower your carbon footprint. When I kind of first set out on a mission to lower my family's carbon footprint, I realized that it's really hard. It's hard to get the information and the incentives are all pointing in the wrong direction. I was getting a ton of rewards every time I fill up my car or I take a flight, but the rewards for living climate-friendly lifestyles were lacking.
0: And this is what Future is trying to solve. Fantastic. And Jean-Louis, just a little bit about your background. How did you first get involved in working on climate solution like this? To be frank with you, Jason,
1: I was completely ignorant about climate. My kind of passion starting out was to bring more investment and more opportunity into emerging markets around the world, including in East and West Africa. So I spend a lot of time in countries like Kenya, Ghana, and Tanzania. And I realized firsthand about two years ago what happens when climate disasters really hit communities. I've seen the drought, I've seen the flooding, I've seen the excessive heat waves. And it was clear to me that everything that I've been so passionate about for so many years was threatened by climate change. And I was looking to make a contribution and do better for our planet and do better for my own
0: kids. Amazing. Thank you, Jean-Louis. Amandine, what about you? Tell us a bit about your company, your role, and how you got involved.
2: I'm the chief product officer at Backmarket. So Backmarket is the leading marketplace in the world selling refurbished tech. So meaning electronic devices that were given a second chance, a second life with professional refurbishment. So we sell devices like smartphones, iPhones, tablets, MacBooks, and also like uh, small kitchen appliances, for instance, And we operate in 17 countries, so really across the world, based on this promise that it's it's going to be a good experience to buy refurbished tech with the right quality that you can expect with the label and the quality and like the attention we put to quality in a marketplace like us. And it's going to be as well cost effective, obviously, and the most important, it's going to do extremely good on your CO2 impact. At markets again, we operate in many different countries. And my role specifically is to make sure, working on the products, to make sure that we are going to have the best experience when you're navigating our app, our websites, when you have to deal with after-sales experience. This is for the customer side. And it's also, as a marketplace, we are making sure the experience for the refurbishers is going to be the best so that they can really concentrate on their core duty which is making good quality of refurbishment.
0: Fantastic. And what about you? How did you get involved in working on a climate solution like this?
2: I've been working in tech for many years, especially working on products. And what I love about working on platforms like that, like a marketplace, is the scale and the impact you might have. It's really different than when you deal with like physical retail, for instance. You know, When you operate on a marketplace, you have a big impact, big scale. And a few years back, you know, I wanted to put that energy on something that does good to the environment. Again, like reaching that impact you can have with tech, but on something that is really meaningful for the climate. And so this is how I came up working at Spark Market, because this is really a company where, and I can dive dive into data maybe later, but where you can have impact individually with your own consumption, like doing what you're going to do on a regular basis, like just purchasing the needs you have here, the tech you need. And it's not so common actually to find companies with good business and also good impacts kind of me- mechanically working together. And so this is how I came in to this world and like super happy to, on a daily basis, make a job that makes sense.
0: Great. Well, I'd argue that there's more and more companies that have that equal balance, but excited that you found one. I'd love to just zoom out and talk about the theories of change behind both of your products and your companies. You're both working on solutions that encourage consumers really to shift their behavior and utilize their purchasing power for positive change. And you're not alone in this area. And there have been many efforts over the years aiming really to tap consumer power for sustainability goals. So I'm curious to hear how your companies stand out. Jean-Louis, Can you tell us about Future's products and really what sets Future apart from other sustainably focused companies in the fintech market? So Future pays you every time you make a purchase that
1: is climate-friendly, or you take an action that verifiably lowers your carbon footprint. We do that with our novel Future Coins that essentially digitize your carbon savings, and with our Future Card Visa debit card that is now arguably one of the most rewarding cards on the market. When we kind of started out and looked at the market, very often climate action shows up at consumers' doorsteps with a request to pay more, right? You pay more to offset your shipping or you use your points to plant trees and, and kind of offset your carbon footprint. What we didn't see is a solution that pays you if you do the right thing and if you do better for the planet and really creates incentives for people to move to a climate smart lifestyle. We've spent a lot of time with communities around the country and learned that even folks that would love to be able to pay more to offset their carbon footprint can't because they have to take care of buying school clothes and putting food on the table and budgets are tight and cash is tight. And so Future really looks at climate action as an economic choice, something that is better for you and your family and the planet and actually allows you to save cash and earn a little bit extra on top of your everyday purchases. And I think that's really what is setting future apart is to creating real economic incentives
0: for you to transition to a climate-friendly lifestyle. Great. And how's it going? Tell us about the traction and your consumer adoption so far. I've been blown away. I mean, we've been in the
1: market now for around six months, a little bit over than six months. We decided to launch without running any paid ads and through overboard the kind of heavy ad spend that i think fintech startups often go into the market with and really focused on our product and viral organic growth and it's been amazing we have thousands of members all across the country many of whom are using future several times a day and i think really love the product because it speaks to their lifestyle both to the impact they like to have on the planet but also the kind of sense of financial responsibility and financial sustainability
0: that is so important for people around the country right now. I saw that Future Card app was recently recognized as the app of the day by Apple in honor of Earth Day. So, congratulations on that. Tell us about that recognition and what it means for the company. Thanks. So, first of all,
1: Apple doesn't tell you right? So you (laughs) you wake up and (laughs) ta-da, you see this kind of spike in downloads and applications and and spending. And it's been, I think, a great recognition for our team. They're all kind of driven by the urgency of climate change and have worked tirelessly to bring a novel product into the market that makes it easier for people to make that transition to a low-carbon future. And it's been wonderful to see that recognition from Apple, and it certainly
0: has created a lot of buzz for a future, which, of course, I love. That's great. And so adoption has been strong. What has it meant in terms of really having an impact on climates and the environment? I
1: was actually just looking at some of our data over the weekend, and what we see now is that 30% of all of our transactions are actually climate smart. Folks are using future card to ride the subway in New York or take a city bike or shop for a refurbished tech at tech market or buy plant-based meats and dairy or shop in the secondhand economy. And so I think I'm seeing a real impact across the platform. And I think the reason is that one, cash does matter, especially today, and and, and kind of getting that extra cash back, I think, is meaningful for our members. But I think the even bigger piece is that we're also constantly sharing opportunities with you how you can save cash and carbon, right? Back market is a great example, right? I bought my first purchase on back market, maybe a year and a half ago, and I've never bought a new device again because why would I? I get great quality and I save up to 70% sometimes. And so it's not just about doing the right thing. It's doing something that is just smarter and better and I think, a a choice that just has a whole host of benefits. And it's that simple value proposition that I think resonates with our members across the country. And it's meant that
0: we have people in every state in the U.S. actively using future and making climate-friendly purchases. That's great. Well, I'm glad that you mentioned back market. Excited to turn to Amandine (laughs) in a minute as well and hear Just a little talk
2: there. (laughs) (laughs) I really appreciate that kind of talk. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Before we go there, just for listeners that really like to understand how things work, Jean-Louis, give us a sense of what happens behind the scenes. You're collecting data that's able to classify purchases as sustainable or not. So tell us a bit about that. And then how does the reward system actually work? The rewards are simple. You get up to 6% cash back instantly
1: when you shop at about 50,000 businesses that are part of the sustainable economy. We have a team of climate scientists and of kind of machine learning engineers behind the scenes that really look at entire categories, like transit, for example, or secondhand shopping, and look at their impact, but they also take a look at individual businesses and look at the steps that they have taken to decarbonize their supply chain and offer recycled products. But I think for our members, the experience is simple. it's a Checking account that is FDIC insured for up to two hundred fifty thousand U.S. dollars,
0: and it's a debit card that gives you rewards every time you shop. Great, thank you. As promised, Amandine, let's turn to you and let's hear about Back Market's product, its tech refurbishing process, and also how it stands out in the space.
2: That's a good question, and I really liked what Jean-Louis was saying about doing the smart choice, because. Here at Back Market, we love to talk about empowering a joyful revolution. And this is really how we're going to have impact, right? Because if you're forcing people to change it, if they don't want to, it won't work. Simply speaking, it won't work. So we need to find good examples, easy actions to make that will have a good impact on the climate in general. And this will force the change in a positive way. So we are all behind this idea of forcing a positive change to make that very efficient. And this is really what we try to do here at Back Market. So how do we stand out? We stand out basically because the main question around buying refurbished is to gain the trust of the users. The trust that the quality will be here and there's just no factual reason to buy new because the product you're going to buy in a refurbished marketplace like back markets will be much better in terms of price. As Jean-Louis was saying, it's up to 70% discount and will be a very good quality. So you can enjoy using your tech and there's no compromise to do on that. So that's the main promise. And how do we achieve that? Well, first is by being a pure player. We are specialized in selling refurbished tech. So we are super good because over the last eight years of operation, we've been digging into what's the best process and what's the best way, what's the best experience to sell refurbished tech at scale. So right now we have more than 8 million customers, a lot of returning like loyal customers. So that's the best proof for us that the model is working. And again, being a specialist makes a big difference because we've like accumulated all this experience to know what are the best techniques, what is the best way to sell products and to sell refurbished tech in general. But of course, the trend is very positive and we've had experience like massive growth since we were created. But the real number we are looking at is the market share out of new, because this is our real battle, is to gain market share out of new. And here we still have some work to do, right? Because if you look at our strongest countries in Europe, the market share of refurbished tech is around... 10%, 10 to 15%. In the US, it's much much lower than that, for instance. Our main battle here is to make sure we convince big countries with a lot of soft power influencing the whole world, like the US. If we manage in doing that, we will have tremendous impact, not only on the US, but on the rest of the world. Because again, culturally and in terms of trends in general, and especially in tech, the US is leading the way. So this is really our ambition right now.
0: Coming from the U.S., I'm not surprised that the U.S. is perhaps behind others, but also I am surprised that in Europe, the refurbished market share is as high as 10%. So tell us about how the market for refurbished and second-hand goods has changed in recent years and how much demand do you expect there will be over the next couple of years?
2: So I think it has changed in Europe because we actually kind of created that category that sits between second-hand and new. And this category is, just has a massive opportunity and massive impact because we can simply do more with what we already have, but it still needs that little processing to repair, to refurbish, to clean, so that you're happy to use it again, right? It's not just secondhand. This is a way better process that ensures the quality. And so that market segment we created in Europe, and now we want to expand it like overall and especially in the US. This is one first reason about category creation, basically segment creation. The second one, I would say, is maybe more cultural for now. And I would say that the ecological impacts and mindsets and notion that it has to be the concern of everyone is maybe a bit more advanced, I would say, in some part of Europe. And I would say in France, too. And this is more what I gather when I travel, when I talk with people around talking about the impact of taking the planes, of your consumption habits. It's something that is in everybody's mind around me, for instance, in France. And maybe the catch-up is a bit slower in the US, but it will come, that's for sure. The transition has already started in the US and will grow, that's for sure. To back that, we also have maybe a lot of involvement from some organizations, some NGOs, even some state agencies. For instance, we've developed the whole data set of what is the impact of buying refurbished in partnership with the French government that is working on the ecological transition. It's called the ADEM. And it was super important for us because we wanted unbiased data to prove the impacts of buying refurbished. And all of this is super public. you know. People talk about it all the time. So I think in the end, it enters the mindset of everyone. And it helps, of course, pushing for more individual actions toward uh, carbon reduction.
0: Thanks, Amandine. You mentioned that a big challenge for you and a big priority is really building trust with consumers. And let's do that here for a moment. Walk us through a bit more of the refurbishment process and really what you need to convey to potential customers that the product that they're buying is going to last and going to work as it's intended.
2: So as a marketplace, we connect, again, refurbishers and customers. And there are several ways we control the quality of the refurbished tech that we sell on back markets. One is first of all, the fact that we're a closed marketplace. So not any seller can sell on our platform. So we closely select the refurbishers that are allowed to enter the game. That's one thing. Then we have strong quality control and quality metrics that we expect from the sellers, that we monitor, that we measure, and we are here to help them improve and make sure that we they reach the standards before they can go on and sell on a platform. All of this, we put it at scale on back market because eventually we have an algorithm that is deciding whose seller is able to take the deal. Like if you have a customer landing on an, I don't know, an iPhone 11 page and hitting on the buy button behind, you had 10 sellers, 10 refurbishers that were competing to get that opportunity of a sale. And the features of that algorithm, of course, is like different categories that are included there. But one is the price. We want to make sure you have a good deal as a customers. But the second big one is about quality and the quality of the refurbishment. We measure it not only in the short term, but also in the long term. So we want to make sure that the product you're going to receive first is what you expect in terms of aesthetic, in terms of functionality, day one, but also in the long term. So we have an all whole set of KPIs like that to make sure that we monitor the quality long term. And the last part of this equation is that we have a lab internally at Back Markets with really like hardware specialists, a lot of different stuff. They do mystery shopping just to make sure that anything that is not captured by the algorithm is still under their control. And they also invent new ways to refurbish. Like for instance, changing a battery is not so trivial. So those guys are finding the right techniques, the right machines to do that and helping the refurbishers get on board with that and improve their refurbishing skill sets. And they're like working across the board to make sure we partner with the sellers and uh, help them be better basically at what they do. So that's all the thing that we do to make sure you have the good quality. If This is not enough and you need to contact our support. As a marketplace, we took that step a few months back to make sure that you will get as well the best support coming from us only. So as a client, if you need to reach out to our customer care, you will not have to talk to the refurbishers, to the sellers. We will handle that 100% at back market, which is the best for us experience you can get as a client. Because... What we want as back market is that the client is happy. So we'll make sure we do the right intermediary actions to do what's fair to the customers.
0: Thanks, Amandine. What about the issue of planned obsolescence? There's a perception, at least, that many tech companies don't intend for their devices to last forever, maybe stop do- sending updates to them or intend for battery life to fade over time. How do you handle that issue?
2: Yes, you're absolutely right. This is unfortunately still a reality. So what we are working on is, again, to make sure that the right parts are changed or the right elements of a phone are updated to make sure the quality is what the client expects. But usually, you don't have to change everything, right? Only a part will make a good product again. And just doing that is like saving so much of raw materials, water, carbon emission, that it's really, it's worth it. So that's one thing. Second thing I think behind obsolescence, there's also this notion of perceived obsolescence. This is more in the mindset of customers, right? So we're also trying to do a little bit of pedagogy here to say, it's okay, maybe you don't need the the newest device. Maybe the N minus two is good enough, you know? And by the way, you could buy it refurbished and it will be better for the planet. So we are working both like doing the right changes, but not by new and also changing the mindset. And maybe I will add one last thing. Again, as I said, we have a lab. We're trying to help as much as possible the refurbishers do the right job. And sometimes they're facing kind of tricky moments because for instance, the last example we had is one part of a MacBook, the screw size has changed. Apple did that. And for people who are here to repair and to refurbish, it was impossible to find the right screwdriver just to open it up. And we are helping there. We are making sure communication, pass along different refurbishers. We're trying to build a community where people can help just repair. And this is one example as well of where we can have action. As a marketplace, we're kind of in a central place and we can redistribute information to the best as we can in order for refurbishing to go better.
0: Thank you, Amandine. So, Backmarket is one of Future's future partners. So, I'd love to hear your perspectives on how this partnership works and how it's benefiting both companies. Jean Louis, would you like to kick us off? So, again, for our members, I think we want
1: the experience to be a no brainer and super rewarding. And so, as a member, you enjoy 60, 70% of savings on your tech at Backmarket. And then, when you pay with your Future card, you get another 6% cashback on top. So it really becomes a great all-around experience for our members. And we've been kind of excited to really build partnerships with a lot of brands in the sustainable economy that are innovating to make it easier for folks to access low-carbon products and services. One innovation we launched recently that I am personally very excited about is actually putting a price on carbon itself which I think is going to be a big driver as we are transitioning to the low-carbon economy. So when you're on Futures app today, not only are you getting 6% cash back, but we are also paying you additional cash for the embodied carbon that you're saving if you're making a choice to go refurbished. And that's really, really important because often we make choices that are better for the planet. And there is a real value to this, right? There is a real value that you are contributing to society, because climate change has a cost, right? It might not be borne by you, but it is borne by millions of people all around the world, from big insurance companies to everyday folks who are facing climate risks and flooding and the like. And so Future is now paying you for the carbon that you're saving with our novel missions. We started that with electric vehicles. We then expanded it to refurbished tech at, at back market, and most recently, rolled it out for electric ride share as well. So you are
0: getting extra rewards every time you decide to ride electric. Thanks, Jean-Louis. Amandine, what about you? How is the partnership working? And tell us how it
2: benefits back market. We're super happy with what we're doing already together with Future. Right now, it only takes place on the Future app. But what I can disclose is that we're working right now on doing it as well on the back market experience. And the way we approach it is kind of simple. If you go and browse back market right now, we simply don't have any cashback program. We haven't developed it yet. And the way we want to develop it next will be including future, because I think this is the right thing for us. It makes sense with our mission. It makes sense with what we want to bring to the users. So that's a good example of placing on our experience kind of something that is an e-commerce standard, but making it right from day one. We have a lot of common shares and a common interest to do that together. So this is something that is in the pipe right now.
0: Fantastic. Jean-Louis, tell us a bit about a feature that's offered by Future that caught my attention and seems to be quite novel. And this feature is personalized recommendations that help consumers both save cash and carbon. Tell us, how does that work? And what are some examples of the kinds of recommendations future offers? I'll give you kind of one popular example on the app. And
1: that is really kind of understanding how much cash and carbon you can save if you are switching to an electric vehicle. As we talk to our members, we realize that switching to electric driving for many still is perceived as inaccessible, right? It's something that is kind of reserved for folks that kind of have higher income because the cars are still more expensive on the kind of retail price point. And so what Future is doing, we're asking you to put in your license plate and then we tell you how many thousands of dollars you can save in fuel costs, how many tons of carbon you can save and how many rewards you can earn as part of Future's ecosystem for slashing tons and tons of carbon on our platform. And I think that's one example where we've seen time and time again that people are surprised when they learn that you can save $5,000 over a typical lease just on fuel costs because you pull up at the gas station several times a month sometimes several times a week and it adds up but if you actually see how much this kind of layers up to every year you kind of get a sticker shock because we know that families are spending thousands and thousands of dollars at the pump and Once you price in these savings, we've seen examples where even switching a more dated car to a new electric vehicle actually creates a safer and cheaper driving experience. We're now kind of taking this concept to the next level using generative AI. And so we just launched Green GPT on chat.green where you can ask questions about ways to save cash and carbon based on the city you live in, based on your particular circumstances. This is still in an early beta phase, but that's something we're rolling out to really make it much, much easier for the average family to figure out how to transition to the low-carbon economy.
0: That's great. And electric vehicles seems an obvious place to point people. So I'm curious, are there any surprises? That is, are there areas where people are currently spending could save money and also improve their climate impact that they might not expect? I think that's really what future is all about. And I think there are a whole host of examples, right? We
1: talked a lot about back market, but my family also switched all of our apparel shopping to secondhand, right? We have kids that are growing way too fast and and are in, in school. And we've just made a decision that everything is bought secondhand. We get great quality and we save thousands of dollars as a family. Switching to solar is another example. Making kind of improvements in our home to save energy is another example. As we're translating that to our members, I think what's clear is that there are choices for everyone that help you save cash at this critical time and save carbon as well. Like We had two cars and now we have one car and I bought a scooter on back market refurbished that I'm now taking to the office and it was the best decision ever both from a enjoyment factor like I look ridiculous right going mm-hmm. through my neighborhood on this scooter but you know I'm saving a ton of money and I'm saving a ton of carbon at the same time and it's experiences that feel like no brainers that we're really looking to present to our customers because often People don't know. There's so much has changed, right? The quality of the stuff you get in the secondhand market has dramatically shifted over the last few years. And we want people to find out about it. We want people
0: to enjoy it. And we want people to get extra cash when they make this choice. I'm sure you look just fine on that scooter, especially if you're wearing a future t-shirt. I'll send you Uh, a picture. (laughs) 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 Great. I was intrigued to hear of the use case for generative AI. You're actually the first guest of the podcast who's mentioned generative AI as in an application for a climate related product. Tell us about the future of that. Where do you think that's going? The way we envision this is, and that's actually
1: kind of started right from the beginning when we started the company, is to really offer a guide to figure out where are the pockets of savings in terms of kind of cash savings and where are the pockets of kind of carbon savings in your lifestyle. And I think to do that, the AI that We've been working with, I think, offers a real opportunity to make it simple. Because everyone's circumstances are different, right? There's no kind of one size fits all solution. And by really offering members the opportunity to just ask questions and see what the best option is, right? Something like, hey, I'm looking to make my home more efficient, right? And save on my energy bills what are a few options in my area to do that? What are some of the best practices? What are the local tax incentives that I can get from my county and from my state and from the federal government to help me cut down on some of the cost of this work? So there's a lot of complexity behind it. And so what we've done, for example, is train Green GPT with all of the tax incentives that we could find at the local and federal level and make it really quite specific to your particular case. Now, I would say that all of that happens with full disclosures and obviously with the opt-in and buy-in from our members. That's something that I think from the beginning of launching future, we've kind of taken privacy and really full transparency with our members very, very seriously to ensure that when you decide to share data with us, like your license plate or other information You do that because we're providing a real benefit and we're not kind of turning around and then kind of using that for other means to advertise to you or do other things. And so I think that focus on privacy that we've had right from the beginning is something that really cuts across the work that we're now
0: doing on AI as well. Amadeen, let's turn to you. As head of product at Back Market. you surely have your finger on the pulse of what's next for the company. Tell us about some of the product innovations that you're working on.
2: As I mentioned, at Market we are a marketplace, so we are selling electronic devices, but we also have another product that we call the buyback trade-in, and this is really the full circularity of the products that you can own. So if you have, and I'm sure everybody has that, a little box with old tech at home, and you don't know what you want to do with it, like you will not just throw it away, right? Well, I mean it has residual value. So you can sell it back on back markets. And again, we're gonna organize all the flow so that we're sure that a refurbisher, a professional refurbisher, will buy it from you and will give it a second life. Okay. So this buyback program has been there for a few years. We launched it actually last year in the US. And we wanna expand on that program because this is really touching on the full life cycle of products, and this is again where It makes a lot of sense in terms of ecology. What we're going to do is we're going to try and open some new flows and new destination for this old tech because not all of this can be resold, but a lot of this can be donated. So we're going to make sure that we are partnering with the right charity programs or recycling facilities so that simply no old tech stays at people's home. And whether it has a value so we can refurbish and resell it, or whether it can be reused by someone else or recycled, we want to make sure we have an opportunity for all the old devices. And here, maybe touching again more on the cultural mindset and shifts, it's pretty interesting because we're not just and only trying to make a smart choice, we're also kind of fighting against doing nothing. If we manage to have people just again taking that box. And in a very seamless and easy way, giving it away to the right program. So, either donation or recycling, it has again a lot of impact. Maybe I didn't mention that, but if you're buying refurbished, you're going to save 90% of CO2 emission versus buying new. So, again, any chance we get and any chance we give to all devices means a lot. And it's easy impacts that is reachable by anyone. So we also want to enforce that on our buyback program. We're preparing it right now, so stay tuned.
0: Right now, we've been focused really on the B2C market of selling directly to consumers. Are either of you looking at B2B of working directly with businesses who want to buy refurbished technology for their employees, or who might want to reward their employees for shopping through future?
2: So yes, we have a team at Backmarkets called BackMarket for Business. And that is doing exactly the same thing, but for corporations. It's funny because the idea came from the data that we observed on back market. We noticed that we had companies buying from us. And it's easy to notice that because they are usually buying the same product, but in several quantities. And we thought there was an opportunity there. So we actually dedicated a team kind of spinning off the platform to try to concentrate only on the professional aspect of things it's growing it's going well it's a different kind of personas different kind of expectations but the same recipe remains cost saving better for the planet and attention to quality because again this is what makes the trust goes on
1: i would agree i think i mean for us who are still a, a fairly young startup right we have our, our new office so our tech of course is refurbished from uh Trusted brand we like that I shall not name again, because otherwise it's going to be too many plugs in one program.
2: Oh and... no! You go for it. Go for it. And <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: yeah. the same is true for all the furniture, right? Like I think there are things that are just so straightforward that companies can do to save cost and carbon, and I think that's a, that's another example. What future is now doing is creating incentives for employees to be part of the low carbon future as well and create very simple avenues for companies to create an incentive program for their employees to cut carbon in their home with their purchasing decisions and enjoy rewards through future card we're piloting this now with with a few companies and if they're kind of folks listening here we are excited to really scale this up and create a very simple solution for companies big and small to entice their employees to save cash and carbon, and then really, as a community, count and see and feel what the impact is and kind of tons and tons of carbon saved across the entire company. I think that's something that we've seen is is really exciting and, and inspiring.
0: Let's close out by hearing your vision. And let's look to five to 10 years into the future. How do you envision shopping will be different and more sustainable? And what needs to change to get there the vision is really that
1: carbon becomes part of the financial fabric of the economy i mean that's what future is busy working on is putting a price on carbon at checkout everywhere and so if you purchase something that has a lower carbon impact you get paid right because carbon has a price my vision is that as i think across different demographics across different countries concerns around the climate challenge are growing at a rapid pace we move to an economy where carbon is really an important market signal and it's no longer cheap and opaque and hidden from consumer but it shows up everywhere it's part of your buying decision no matter what you purchase that would be my vision and i think i'm seeing kind of really encouraging trend lines that i believe will push
0: us into that direction Thanks, jean Amandine?
2: So fully aligned with the idea that carbon will just be part of our matrix when we take actions, when we make decisions. I would add that obviously climate change is something that everybody experiences now. So we cannot ignore it. Yet, it's either something we get super anxious about and kind of stuck. You know, we don't know what to do or discouraged. Or it's something where we actually feel positive that we can do something. And I think we're still at this stage where we could flip in one side or the other. And my wish is to make sure that we go on the positive side of things and that everybody understands that even a minor action has impacts and influences the next action we take, influences our neighbor, influences people around us. And this is how a good network effect starts, actually. And if we look at this, again, back to our perspective at Black Tech to grow the US, I'm sure a lot of positive stuff is going to turn around entertainment in general and how the soft power, how Hollywood, how Netflix will include ecology, will include sustainability in the entertainment we consume. Because this will really have this effect of a tipping point where everybody thinks it's cool. Everybody thinks it's smart. Everybody just wants to be part of that joyful revolution. And I'm really, really happy when I see big productions with well-known actors talking about that. I think they could talk about it in a positive way as well, not just very anxious movies, you know. (laughs) But I think this is going to be what makes a big difference in terms of adoption and in terms of cultural shift. The moment when entertainment takes this topic as its core topic, it will make a huge difference in terms of influence.
1: One kind of positive note to add, like as I'm kind of having these discussions with friends and colleagues, I often hear that changing consumption is hard. But in the end of the day, consumers get to choose the product and the services they want, right? We get to choose the economy that we want. And a lot of the trends that we've been talking about. Things like disposable fashion is now a thing. The fact that you get a new phone on average every year and a half is a new thing, right? The fact that I order something at midnight before I get to sleep and it pops up at my doorstep at four in the morning. These are new things, right? These are not kind of things that have a long historical precedent. They are all very recent consumption choices, right? Some only two years old. And we get to make a choice that this no longer works for us. And that what works for us is something that is more efficient on our wallets and helps us save more money and be more sustainable for our future in terms of not running up a lot of debt and making sure that we kind of have our priorities taken care of. And we can choose something that is better for the planet and for our kind of collective future, right? These are choices and just like what we've seen happen over the last kind of two years, like right? Zoom wasn't a thing. Now it's a thing, right? Let's make carbon a thing that pops up everywhere and that impacts our purchasing decisions across the board. We can make that decision and we can make these decisions pretty
0: quickly if enough consumers are kind of buying into that proposition. Thank you. I love that we've left off with the power of choice and the agency that we all have Jean-Louis Amandine, thank you so much for your time today, and best of luck with all that you're building. Thank you very much. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Invested in Climate. Please remember to rate us on Apple, Spotify, or Google. Find show notes, sign up for updates, get in touch, and visualize your climate action at investedinclimate.com. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and does not constitute financial, accounting, or legal advice. Thanks again.